Hey friend, and welcome to Presence and Purpose. I want you to be seen and heard by the people who need your message and services most, but I know it seems easier said than done because there's a lot of noise online. I'm your host, Natalie Arndt. I built my business back in the beginning of 2018 and quickly learned through trial and error that being yourself isn't a cheesy cliche, but actually the key to building a strong, profitable online brand. I'm on a mission to help you find your people online, build a client-attracting brand, and grow a wildly successful business that's aligned with who you are and God's purpose for your life. It's time to stop looking around at what everyone else is doing and start fully embracing the unique calling and message that's been placed inside of you. Join me in conversations around personal branding, faith, marketing, messaging, and so much more to help you confidently show up for the people you're called to serve. All right. Hey guys, today I am talking with Dawn Foster. Dawn, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yes, I'm very excited to jump into this conversation, talk all about the importance of numbers in marketing. So before we dive in, though, I would love if you could just introduce yourself and tell um, the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. I am Dawn Foster, owner of Deep Foster Marketing. I am a, I guess on paper, kind of, I'm a marketing consultant but I also function as a full service agency. So my background many, many moons ago uh, was on the design side of things, but over the years I've transitioned into the planning and strategy side of things, hence us talking about numbers and marketing. Um, But because I have that design background and a ton of resources for design and contractors, I'm able to function as a full service agency as well. I really support small business owners and solopreneurs that are either in the, I just signed my, my business filings yesterday stage, or I've been doing this for a while and I'm at the point where I know I need to bring on an expert to help me with my marketing in order to get my business to the next level. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's so funny. Cause I, I had a similar journey in terms of starting in design and I used to do solely brand design and then transitioned into strategy and coaching. So that's super fun. Um, And I definitely relate in that aspect. Um, So we are going to be talking, like I had said, about the importance of numbers in marketing. So why don't we start out by um, just diving right in and talking about you know, where do you start with that? Right. Because I think like the numbers in marketing, oh my gosh. I think, I think the first question that probably comes to mind, um, in, in the listeners is probably like, where do you even start? Like, how do you know what numbers you should track? Because there's so many data like if you, you know, regardless of if you have a podcast, if you have a Facebook group, Instagram, if you open up like the tracking in whatever thing you're doing, like there's a lot of numbers. So how there's a lot, (laughs) but, and it, it really does feel overwhelming if your brain just isn't geared, if you're not a numbers person, or if you're just not in the spreadsheets and reporting, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it sounds overwhelming, but 
you can start with just one piece of the puzzle and use that as kind of your introduction to all the numbers. So as you said, like no matter what business you're in, just about every platform you use today for your business is going to give you some type of reporting uh, with whatever it is that you're doing. So if you, I always say start with goals, whatever your business goals are, that's going to help dictate the numbers that you should focus on. So if your goals, let's come up with a hypothetical. If you're, let's not make it money because that's kind of a given. If you know that you need to bring more traffic to your website in order to convert clients to get to the money, focusing on how traffic is coming into your website will be the numbers that you pay attention to. Mm -hmm. So if it's 60% of traffic is coming to your website through search, you want to pay attention to that. If 60% is coming from your email list, hey, first of all, that's going to be a good thing. <laughs> pay attention to that. If it is coming in from your email list, and stop me because I tend to geek out over this. I can continue <laughs> going and going. So let's say that 60% is coming in from your email list. What are you doing with your email? At that point, look at your email provider's numbers and say, okay, this is what people are clicking on. This is what people are responding to. And when you find those good numbers, that's where you want to really focus and try to repeat those initiatives and then test them out across different channels. Yeah. I can, I can keep going and going. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we'll totally dive deeper into this. So let's, let's expand on like what, you know, what's going to happen if you're, if you're not focusing, right? Because it's like, I think we can, we can hear like, okay, yeah, that sounds great. Like I should look at like where, like, that's a great example. Like, where is my traffic come? Like, right. Like, how are you getting clients? Where are most people finding you? That's where you should focus on. Um, but what happens if listeners continue to not focus and just kind of be all over the place? That's a great question. Um, you end up wasting your marketing dollars because you're spending it on things and you don't actually know what works. Um, I see that fairly often. Um, mm -hmm. Right now the trend is I need to spend money on social channels, but if you're not paying attention to what's actually working, you're not optimizing and getting the most out of your marketing spend. The second thing is, is there will be missed opportunities. If you don't know what's working, you can't perfect those things in order to expand the opportunities that are coming to you. Those are the two biggest things that are going to happen if, if you're just not paying attention to what your marketing is doing. Yeah. And do you feel like, because I definitely see this a lot, um, do you feel like you see with the the clients that you work with and just kind of the people in your audience um, resistance to like letting go of other things? You know what I mean? Like this seems to be working well. Um, so I'm going to focus on this. Yeah. Yes, I do see resistance, but because I'm a numbers person and everything, numbers are black and white. Yeah. If someone's attached to a specific marketing initiative that may not be working for them, but 
in their head they feel as though it is. Mm -hmm. After we have that conversation where I'm like, hey, this isn't quite working, if they're still attached to it, I usually say, okay, let's do a test. We'll measure the results. We'll really pay attention. We'll see if the needle moves. If not, then we're going to adjust where your time and energy is being focused and drop that channel. Mm-hmm. But yes, every, every now and then, um, after I go through why it may not be working, if it's their baby or where they strongly feel that they should attach their business, business to it, then yeah, every now and then that does happen. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's not a major hurdle. I, don't, I haven't had any clients where year over year, they're just continuing to throw money at this channel or time at an initiative. Uh, they let go after a while. Yeah. Yeah. That totally makes sense. And, you know, I just think of like the women that, um, that I often work with is, you know, they're, they're probably at different stages too. And so I think that's kind of also where it comes into play. Um, because I, I, I hear a lot from the women that I work with the, the FOMO kind of coming up of like, you know, but if I just focus on Facebook and I let go of Instagram, then like, don't I need to be? And it's like, you know, it's, it's totally one thing at a time. And I don't know if you ever, um, ever advise your clients to, um, which it sounds like you do like looking at like, okay, what's the purpose behind this platform? Right? Like, cause I love what you said about the numbers. It is very black and white in terms of like, it takes the emotion out of it. Like you can see like without getting emotionally attached and making it like mean something about you, like, oh my gosh, they don't want to hear from me or I'm not cut out for this or whatever. (laughs) It's like taking the emotions out of it and being like, okay, the, the numbers just, it doesn't add up here. Right. And, and not making it mean anything about you. Um, and I know, I, I guess I'm curious to hear if, if you kind of look at that side of it too, in terms of like, um, what is the purpose behind the platform? And I guess that would tie into kind of the goal setting that you were talking about too. Yeah. So two things you mentioned FOMO Mm -hmm. and you also mentioned the why behind some of those initiatives. Help me remember those two things because after I talk about the FOMO, I may forget (laughs) the second thing. (laughs) So I, I totally get it. Um, and sometimes there's, there's one instance, even for myself, that I'm guilty of it as well, full transparency. Mm-hmm. With my business, I'm not very active on, uh, I'm not very active on Facebook at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram. I'm better than I am at Facebook, but I'm active on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And for my business, I know that my business for the most part doesn't come in through Instagram or Facebook, which is why I kind of let those things go unattended for a while, I will say. But in the back of my mind, there's still this thing of, I can't let those two channels die because A, I'm a marketer. I need to continue to play in the space that I tell my clients to play in. And I'm not doing what I tell my clients to do if I let those channels die. But I know that it's not where my time and energy needs to go. I need to focus on LinkedIn because 
I get more opportunities through that channel rather than some of the others. Mm -hmm. So I totally get business owners feeling as though they should be doing something, but the numbers will really help put that at ease to let you know if indeed you should be doing it and where you can kind of put more of your time and energy to what's working. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. Sec- Go yeah. ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that, that, that totally makes sense. And it's very much in line with, um, you know, what, what I talk about in terms of like knowing the platform that you're focusing on, mm-hmm. especially if it's like, you know, thinking about like, especially, you know, focusing on a platform that you are growing. So it's like, and again, that sounds like maybe what you teach in terms of like, like there's nothing wrong with like, you know, putting something on the back burner, like you said, Facebook um, and Instagram are kind of on the back burner for you. And like, there's ways that you can um, maintain that. Maybe we can talk about that a little bit. I don't want to make you forget your other point, but in terms of like, (laughs) I remember it. I I remember what we were going to talk about, but um, you know, like how do you kind of make that distinction or not make that distinction kind of um, set that up. I would, I would be curious to hear your perspective as a marketer of like, okay, this is like, you focus on LinkedIn. So like, you know, you said, if you're, you know, practicing what you're preaching, what you teach your clients, what would you have them do in terms of how to handle the other platforms that they know are not, you know, it's not where their time is best spent? I would say it's, it's going to vary depending on what your business business is and Mm -hmm. how much content you're creating for your business. Mm -hmm. I would say if you know that one channel works the best, focus on creating content for that channel and then look at what you've created and determine how you can repurpose it for the other channels. Yeah. So by doing that, you focused all your time and energy into what you know indeed works and maybe 25% of what you've done can support those other channels as well. That way, your time and energy is being distributed to the areas that makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And it's like looking at, you know, obviously you factoring in like, are you doing everything yourself? Are you a solo entrepreneur? Exactly. Do you have like an assistant that could push things out? Um, and even if you're still, you know, solo entrepreneur looking at like, you know, can I get a tool, invest in a tool to automate it so that it's yeah. not so much because you, especially if it's, if it's the case of repurposing, um, then that is super valuable. Um, so the point that I sidetracked you from was, <laughs> was talking about um, the why. So I had kind of asked like, um, you know, how do you look at that or kind of what do you, how do you approach that in terms of looking at like the purpose behind the platforms? I am so glad you remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With that, if, the, if I have a client that says, I want to try this new marketing tactic, I always ask why, um, but I, someone recently told me that to soften up the why, because I rapid fire why at clients, <laughs> to soften up the why to say, what are you hoping to achieve? And by that, you can really drill down and get to, okay, if this is your goal, that isn't necessary, necessarily the path that we have to take to get there. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I always ask why it's just how I ask why, and that's going to help really get to the root of, are you doing it because someone told you it worked for their business? Are you doing it because you really see opportunity there? What's, what's driving this need or want for the initiative? Right. And I think that's so important because there is always some new social media (laughs) channel. Something new. Yeah. Right. And then there's always people who, and I get it. I'm, I don't know if you know anything about the Enneagram. Do you, do you follow that at all? I, which ones are those? I think so. I took a new one the other day. The, the Enneagram is like the, the circle. There's like the nine types. I don't know which one I am. I've heard okay. of it, but I'm not sure. Okay. So being that you're not super familiar with it, I'm, I'm a type nine, but it's, I'm the type that can like, I can totally get everyone's perspective. Mm-hmm. And so I know this comes in where I'm like, I totally get how there are experts out there who are saying like, you're leaving money on the table if you're not on this platform, right? Like, because they get the benefits. But at the same time, I always say like, run away from people who are totally like <laughs> attached where like they they won't, um, like there's no compromise with them. Like they just absolutely think that everyone should be over there. And I'm like, yeah, but there's so many things to factor in. Um, so I'm glad that you said that because it's like, I don't know, like I, I'm never going to be on TikTok. Like I know people (laughs) (laughs) and even Instagram, I, I just personally, um, I actually really wish I liked it more, but I just, I'm an introvert. Like I find it really energy draining. I find it really triggering for like comparison and stuff. And it's Mm -hmm. just, I love my Facebook group. And so that's where I focus. Um, so yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you've got a lot of good conversations with clients about like, so what are you hoping to achieve by being on TikTok or whatever it is? So I'll say this with those people who are like, you absolutely need to be on this platform. The Mm -hmm. you're, you're losing out on money of my 15 years in marketing and advertising. Every client that I've serviced, every business that I've worked for has never, ever, 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 ever had the exact same marketing mix. Mm -hmm. They haven't had the same strategy, the same plan. There's different marketing channels that will remain consistent for use Let's define a channel versus a tool. Facebook's going to be the tool. Channel's going to be social. Mm -hmm. There are different marketing channels that will work for every business, but the actual tools and strategy behind it is going to be different. Marketing is not a one-size-fits-all. You're going to have the same results as the person next to you. It just doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that distinction between the channels and the tools. Um, and yes, it is not one size fits all. And I mean, I was just talking about this earlier today with someone else, like how many of us are, you know, and I still catch myself falling into this mindset of like trying to find like the thing, whether it's like the 
marketing strategy or the business model or the, you know what I mean? Like we Mm -hmm. want to find the thing that works and it's like, well, but what works for you? Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it, there's so many variables. And, um, I love that you made that point that every single one of your clients has had a different mix, right? Like absolutely, there truly is no one size fits all. And I think that that can almost be frustrating. And again, I get it as, um, again, thinking back to when I was like a really new entrepreneur, I was like, I just want to like, just give me the strategy. Like, so I can do it. Like, come on. Like, what's the, what's the secret? What's the path? Um, and there's, there's just so much trial and error, right? Yes. Um, and I would love to hear what you have to say about like, just dealing with, um, discouragement. And I know obviously going back to like the numbers, right? Like it really helps to, um, to take the emotional side out of it. Um, but I guess just what like encouragement or advice would you have for going through that trial and error process, right? Like trying a new strategy and not getting caught up in all the feels. (laughs) I, I would say if you start with a good foundation of knowing what your goals are, which your overall strategy entails and kind of set a benchmark of, okay, this is where we're starting. If you're paying attention to your numbers, being super intentional about what it is that you're doing and consistently doing it, it should feel like less trial and error and more improve and refine. Mm-hmm. because if something doesn't work, you'll know that it doesn't work and you'll figure out a way to make it better or improve on it and really tweak what your initiatives are. So I think that if you shift your mindset and really have a good foundation in terms of what it is you're actually trying to accomplish, it's less, it can, it'll be for sure should be way less emotional. Yeah. 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 I I totally agree with that. So with looking at tracking, right. And taking the emotions out of it. Um, and I was just mentioning my KPI sheet. Um, can we talk about that a little bit? Because first of all, I didn't even know what the heck a KPI sheet was until earlier this year. And I wish okay. that someone told me about it sooner. <laughs> so what is a KPI sheet and what's like a simple way to kind of get started, you know, creating something like that, right? Cause it doesn't have to be fancy. <laughs> it, it does not have to be fancy. Um, what I typically do is I call it, I call them my spreadsheets on steroids Again, I geek out over this. (laughs) And it's going to include how your channels are performing. I also say set some um, clear benchmarks in terms of, okay, what is average for your industry, a business of your size? Mm. Um, So if it's real estate, if it's e-commerce, knowing what the industry standards are for how many, what your open rates should look like, how, what your engagement rates should be, what you can expect. Have that benchmark and then your spreadsheet should show, 
should continue to show a slow increase in all of those numbers if you're being consistent and intentional. If you're not seeing it in an increase or improvement or at least holding steady because every now and then you'll have a peak, but to bring us back, yeah. <laughs> to make this simple, you should see a slow increase in those numbers. If you see a dip, then really start to investigate what happened, what, what changed to cause that. Your KPIs are going to help you stay on the right path and make sure that you are continuing to improve and optimize whatever your initiatives are. Yeah, yes. And and I'm realizing I keep saying KPIs. KPIs are key performance indicators. If anyone is wondering what what does that mean exactly? Um yes, and I I know that was a that was a huge a, a huge shift, a huge game changer for me um when I started actually tracking that because mm-hmm. like I said, I I wish I'd knew about that sooner. I was, you know, I'm almost 3 years into business now. I will be by the time this airs. And, um, I didn't find out about that until two years in. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, see, now I can see, (laughs) like, it's, it's just to be able to see that what you're focusing on and what you're pouring all this time and attention into is working and that you see a steady incline. Like, um, you know, to give an example, um, my Facebook group is like, that's where the hub of my community is. Mm -hmm. Um, and this summer was for me when I really like was like, okay, I am focusing on this. I'm focusing on my email and I'm focusing on my Facebook group. And both of those by like after several months, I could see the the upward trend. And I'm like, oh, I want to cry. It makes me so happy. (laughs) Like, it's just like, those are the things that, you know, that then, then numbers can be a little bit emotional, but like in a good way. (laughs) It's exciting. It's as you said, which you've been focusing all your time and energy on to see that you are indeed doing it right and doing it well. Mm-hmm. that's the exciting part of paying attention to your numbers. So now that you've seen those numbers grow, that improvement, that upward, upward trend, it makes you want to figure out how can I keep this momentum going? How can I continue to improve and build? And that's, yeah. that's really what it's all about. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, okay, so looking at tracking results and you've talked you you've kind of touched on this a couple times of like tracking results and measuring and um you know testing and tweaking um do you have any i guess tips or and i i know this might be kind of a general question because we're talking about marketing in general um but looking at you know what's working right you're you're tracking you're you're seeing um whether it's upward or downward or just holding steady um what advice or maybe common mistakes right like whatever kind of comes to mind in terms of um that kind of testing and tweaking process right like trying to continue and just kind of moving forward and gaining momentum keeping momentum yes i would say probably no sudden changes like nothing like don't do too much too fast too soon. That's mm-hmm. it. Don't do too much too fast too soon. I love it. Because if you're testing something, you want to know it's that one thing that's making the difference. So, mm-hmm. for example, if you are, I guess, just testing 
if you if you've got a social ad campaign that's running and you want to test two sets of visual photography with that ad you only you want to make sure your spend is the same for both your ads are running in the exact same environment to make sure that when you get your results you're looking at apples to apples mm -hmm. and that'll be the same for every platform if you've got an email you want to just switch out a headline or a subject line keep the keep one thing the same until you know okay this went this beats out the other and then you can change something else to continue to improve and refine yeah yes it's like the little tweaks and i think um you know so often we need to, we feel like we need to like make big changes and it's yeah. those little tweaks make a huge difference yeah like we we don't need to scrap the whole thing and start over and do something completely new it's like like you said like let's try changing up the headline or the photo right just right super subtle shifts i love that um do you ever um do you ever advise clients and again i know this is tricky and you know what let me give you a little bit more context with this question so it's not so okay. big so a lot of the listeners of this show are um coaches in in kind of the growth stage new entrepreneurs too um but looking at you know like i am going to focus on this platform because as they're listening i'm sure they're thinking about okay i really do need to go all in with my instagram or my facebook right like they've got the thing mm -hmm. and they're going to commit and they're going to start really paying attention to the numbers that matter on that platform aligned with their goals do you um suggests that they look at like you know sticking with something for 90 days do you advise that people stick with it for a year like how do you kind of go about that i my general rule of thumb is let's let's keep it for three months mm -hmm. and then start looking at okay what are we seeing month over month i think that that amount of time gives you a good amount of information to start paying attention to how things are actually performing. It's been consistent. You've stayed the course. Okay. Now what is it? What, is, what are our numbers telling us now? Mm -hmm. I think anything shorter can be a bit too hasty um, to really know how the performance actually did work mm -hmm. specifically with any social initiative uh, more so. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. It's like, you've got to give it enough time to see, a trend, you know, if you're going exactly. by week like that, that, you know, could change for various reasons. Um, like, you know, I'll, I'll give an example. Like I know, um, uh, in November, my podcast downloads were lower, but I've talked to people, other, other podcasting friends of mine. They're like, you know, I noticed that too. And I'm like, well, you know, considering everything that was going on, I'm like, yeah, I think that was kind <laughs> of normal. So it's like, if I was just focusing, say I just started my podcast and you know I was I was trying to determine if this is the right thing and I see the numbers dip and I'd be like nope like yeah you know, then that's, then that would be too short of a time container <laughs> that's a great example of how there are other things going on that may influence how something has performed but if you're looking at it month over month, okay, now that you're in December, totally different landscape. Mm -hmm. um, some things will remain the same 
your competition for the online space. You, you probably noticed that you're seeing ads from companies that you didn't typically see ads from mm -hmm. uh, prior to the holiday season. People are vying for your attention right now. All of those things come into play if it's election, holidays, top of the year, uh, when people are on and off of their devices or consuming more media, all of that comes into play. But the longer you have, if you get to that 90 days to pay attention, you should be able to see an overall trend with how things are working. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've got one more question for you, and this is uh, related to a comment that you had said earlier, um, just in terms of like looking at numbers and this kind of, I mean, circles back to the beginning of our conversation. Um, I know that I personally had some like, I don't know what you would want to call it, like math trauma with like <laughs> understanding <laughs> numbers. And I don't know if, like, have you always kind of like, has that kind of come naturally to you? Like numbers and like understanding metrics and stuff. Cause the way that you geek out, I would probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has, it's, it has, I remember. So I'm an analytical person and a creative person, mm -hmm. but I know I can pinpoint moments in my childhood where I first was, where I was first able to tap into that. Yeah. And my creative side, I always felt was a bit stronger just because I wasn't introduced to the aspect of numbers that I love just as much of the creative as the creative. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I've always been into numbers and all of the math stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and I, that's so interesting that you said that, that you felt like it just because you weren't introduced to it sooner. And then you were, you were like, wait a minute. Like, yeah, because I, um, I, I definitely, you know, I had an inter interesting experience in high school and this is an aside, but it's related of going from, we moved a lot and I, you know, switched schools and stuff. And I went from like the highest level math class, this was freshman year. And then we got new teachers and all of a sudden I was in the lowest math class. And I didn't even remember that that had happened. Maybe I suppressed that memory. I don't know. Okay. So what, one of my parents brought it up, but it was so interesting because I was thinking about that now being in business and having, you know, moved on from my, I'm not good at numbers um, kind of stuff. And I'm like, it's just so interesting how, you know, our childhood growing up years can shape that and then yes. going into business and having to look at the numbers and you know obviously numbers can relate to marketing budgeting right like there's mm -hmm. there's so many numbers that we do really need to pay attention and we can't neglect right and and um really looking over that and you know you said that it's something as soon as you got introduced to it that it kind of like came naturally to you um and i i bet you probably had a similar experience to me in terms of like when I kind of got over my, I suck at math. I don't understand science and actually realized that I was good at it. Like, mm -hmm. yes, I, I had to, I had to really study. Don't get me wrong. But when it started clicking and I started understanding it, um, it was really empowering. 
Yeah. Like it, it honestly was. And, um, you know, obviously it, I'm sure there was some of the, um, just cultural messages of like, I'm a girl, so I'm not good at math kind of thing that I was picking up on. Um, cause it was definitely kind of in high school when I started really feeling that. And I was like, okay, yeah, I, I suck at math. I really didn't, but I just kind of accepted that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, anyways, all that to say that I, I guess I just want to kind of encourage the listeners that like, if that's something that you feel like you're feeling resistance, right. To like really diving into the numbers, um, you know, just really kind of realize that we've both got that, like you said, like we've got that creative side to us and that analytical side and it's leaning into like, you know, what comes more naturally to you, but knowing that we all have both, like we really do. Um, and I think, yeah, go ahead. I I love what you said about once it clicked for you, you then felt empowered. Mm -hmm. That is so true. All you need is that moment where it clicks and you can connect the dots as to how your marketing numbers really impact the success of your business. And that empowers you to make better decisions overall for your business. So I I love what you said there. And I, I would totally agree that once you tap into the parts of you that may not actually be who you are naturally, like mm-hmm. I'm, I, I would say that I'm more of a natural creative. I like the numbers, but I'm not a, I don't consider myself to be an extrovert, but yeah. sometimes when you're in business for yourself and someone told me, I love this saying, you have to tap into the parts of you that you aren't instinctively the parts of you who you are in- instinctively in order to be the best business owner that you can be. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. I mean, we have to wear so many different hats and like so many hats. Skills. <laughs> 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 oh, yes. And it's just, yeah, learning new skills. And like I had said, there's, there's definitely the empowering sides of it. And I just think of, again, and I know I've said this before, but I just think of like, you know, the moments where I've felt really discouraged, like, why isn't this working or like taking things personally? And then, you know, being pulled back down to earth of like, okay, why isn't this working? Like, what am I doing? Or what did I change? Um, Did I get sidetracked from my strategy that I was so, you know, had going and I had momentum and I was so focused. And then I got sidetracked and then my numbers Mm -hmm. dipped or whatever it is. It's just, um, it takes the, it it helps, you know, helps you give yourself grace. It helps you see why so that you're not, um, not beating yourself up about that. Yes. Um, yeah, I love that. So if you wanted the listeners to remember one thing from this conversation, thinking about importance of numbers with marketing or really anything that's just on your heart, what would that one thing be? It's not as overwhelming as it may seem. Mm -hmm. I would say start with one specific channel that you're going to pay attention to how your numbers are performing. And once you understand that channel, you'll learn so much where you'll be able to then look at your other channels in the same manner. And there's, there's always help out there. Uh, The internet can sometimes be a scary place, but there are some great resources resources out there if you really need it spoon fed to you, but it's it's absolutely achievable. 
Yes, I love that. Oh, well, thank you so much, Don. Thank you for Absolutely. being here. Yes, totally. This is a good time. It Thanks was. Thanks for helping me remember things. Yes, <laughs> no problem, as I'm forgetting things. Um, so where can the listeners connect with you online if they want to get plugged in with you and all you're doing? I am on LinkedIn yes. at Don P. Foster. My business is D. Foster Marketing on LinkedIn as well. You can find me online at defostermarketing.com. And you can also find me from time to time on Instagram and Facebook at Defoster Marketing. Perfect. Thank you so much, Don. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you've loved this episode, head on over to iTunes and leave a review. It means the world to me, but more importantly, it helps more women find and benefit from this show. And if you're not already plugged into the Presence and Purpose Facebook group, come join us. I want you to get plugged into the community and get the support you need because we're not meant to do this whole business thing alone. Until next time.